Namaskar. Apologies for the slight delay in starting this program. The fault is all mine. Um, today at 9 o'clock, this is the third leg of our triple header. And I am joined by Lieutenant General Ravi Shankar, retired. And he and I are going to have a discussion uh, more about him saying what he thinks is happening in India in terms of being self-reliant in its arms, ammunition, artillery, and what have you. And, and this is something that has not been covered before. There has been, it's been touched upon in our earlier conversations. So let us sit back and listen to what the good general has to say. General Ravishankar, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel, sir. Namaskar and thanks a lot for calling me once again on your uh, platform. A very good evening to all the viewers. And let's start, please. So General Ravishankar. You know, you have worked uh, many years uh, very closely to try and bring about as much self-sourcing or Atmanirbharta in India's requirements for its armed forces, whether it is uh, artillery or arms, ammunition. I'm not going to go into the details as much as I would like you to kind of walk our viewers through. You know, just think about, you know, there is a conflict and then suddenly, you know, everything is becoming difficult to get hold of. Because in a war that happens, and already now, because of an existing war, this could be even worse. So if something like that were to happen, how would India approach this whole thing? What kind of buffers would India keep? And so on and so forth. So take it away, sir. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let me put across uh, one issue. It's one thing to be Atmanirbhar and the other thing to be ready for a eventuality. Right? India has generally been ready for any eventuality or any conflict always. Whether it's been Atmanirbhar or not is a different affair. So let's keep that out separately. Okay. Okay. Whether it was in 71 or we were we are talking of Vijay or we are talking of Eastern Ladakh, we were always prepared. We have a base level of preparation for any eventuality. If we had time, like we had in 1971, then you built up to a particular desired level before you went into an offensive. So, right. But that was largely achieved uh, not through the Atmanirbhartha route, some through the Atmanirbhartha route, but largely uh, with a lot of export, imports. So, preparation for an eventuality at every point of time, we've been pretty high. Uh, the last problem we've had was in Eastern Ladakh. And in Eastern Ladakh, we were able to face China confidently, right? Because we were prepared for battle. We were prepared to undertake battle. And probably at that point, I don't think China was prepared. I mean, I'm very sure that they were not prepared. Yeah. Three, four years down the line, they would probably be better prepared. And so would we be. be. So that's a different story altogether. Now, let's look at Atmanirbhartha. Atmanirbhartha is self-reliance. Are you self-reliant for all your warlike stores uh, for defense, in defense? When you say warlike stores, you're not looking at fighter aircraft, you're looking at transport aircraft, you're looking at helicopters, main. You're looking at you know, warships, you're looking at submarines, you're looking at aircraft carriers. Uh, then you're looking at tanks, you're looking at guns, you're looking at missiles, you know, you're looking at infantry uh, uh, weapons. So the main warlike thing, are you Atmanirbhar or not? That's the larger question. 
Right. Before I get into that and you know walk you through that, let me put it across this way. Uh, one thing. No nation is 100% Atmanirbar to design, develop and produce all these weapon systems. Anyone. Uh, to give you an example, if uh, there is uh, uh, aircraft, now, not all, all aircraft use all weapons from that particular country in which this aircraft is made. They'll use items from all over. So right. to that extent, uh, there's a trade going on. You know, There are certain, for example, Sejim of France is good at inertial navigation systems. It's a go-to place for any kind of inertial navigation. So it's a key technology holder. So when you say Atmanirbar, you don't have to be 100% uh, self-reliant. But you should own key technologies with which you can trade. You should have the capability to be an original equipment manufacturer, right? To have be a big scale integrator, and you should have the scale to produce weapons and ammunition uh, as to what the country needs, right? Right. Now, are you is India? The first question I'll answer in a short way, and then we'll I'll give a background to it. Is India Atmanirbar? That's the first question which everyone will ask. Now you have to look at it at two levels. The first level is a strategic level. Strategically, India has a tremendous indigenous missile program, which has come through sanctions. No one has given us anything, so it's all indigenous. We have everything. Second, you have all space-related technologies, right? And third, atomic energy. Everything is ours. All these three, you have developed without outside assistance. In fact, in a technology denial regime. So you are Atmanirbar there completely. Okay? Including key technologies. Remember, India launches its own satellites and gives satellites for others. And we are building another satellite launching station down south in Tamil Nadu. Now, when you look at the operational aspect of uh, Atmanir Bharta, self-reliance, you have shipbuilding capability, you have developed submarine cap building capability, you are building your own aircraft carrier at this point of time. Our artillery is completely Atmanirbar, or say 90%, right? Air defense is largely Atmanirbar. We have started building our own aircraft in the form of Tejas. We have been building our helicopters. Right, and uh, uh, we've got now the AK-47, uh, so AK-203 rifle factory, and all that, and we have a lot of integration and production capacity. So, to a large extent, we are moving towards Atmanirbhartha. We are not Atmanirbhartha. Let's be very frank. Right, that is why, and why we are not Atmanirbhartha is a long story, uh, because the government before didn't want it. There was military bureaucracy involved. The DRDO developed in a different you know, vertical. The production agencies like the OFB and the DPSUs you know, were given preferential treatment. The industry was not co-opted. A lot of problems. And we had a bureaucratic approach. The government itself was not very clear. We never would export. We had our own morality issues. And uh, it was not real politic. I mean, we could look at it in many ways. 
the defense was considered a holy cow. I mean, we had the holy cow plus white elephant approach, right? Uh, and that's probably part of the non-aligned thinking and all that. And we, it takes time to come out of that. It, it, all the start, the reforms started in 1990, uh, economic reforms. Today, we've started the defense reforms in real earnest. Let me be very frank, in the past one decade or so. So we're going to have a take time. And we must understand any reform is a decadal cycle, minimum. That means it will take 10 years. I, my experience, you have to buy a pin to an aircraft. It doesn't matter which. If you have to go through that cycle of acquisition, it takes 10 years. A cycle of design and development takes 10 years. When I say 10 years, it's a mean. It could be 5 years, it could be 15 years. At times, it could go to 25, 30 years also. Right? And then, of course, we have to understand that really Atmanirbhata started with the... Once our industrial base started expanding, which was missing earlier, right? And uh, our economy started blooming. That's when people said, look, why don't, why can't we be self-sufficient in defense? And also the fact that India was seen to be rising as a power. And all this started in 1990 with the economic reforms. And we've reached here. Yeah, if you compare India with China, we've been slow. And uh, China has gone very fast. But uh, what goes up fast comes down fast also. What goes up slow has the ability to sustain itself. Right. Uh, in terms of capability of, say, what did I, let me connect this Atmanirbhata with what I said earlier, defense preparedness. If you look at it, India is uh, uh, capable to defend itself. It has never been found short of defending itself, whether it was in Op Vijay during against Pakistan or in Eastern Ladakh. I mean, let me put it in perspective. Uh, look at the Russian offensive into Ukraine. They had a plan and that plan misfired in the first 48 hours. Then they had to build up on ground. And we saw a 64-kilometer-long convoy hung around Kiev, north of Kiev, for over one week. And they couldn't move. They had logistics problems and all that. And in a, how much was the distance? Two, three hundred kilometers. That's all. Take your mind back to eastern Ladakh. When? Uh, 2020. When the Chinese aggression took place and the assertion and Galwan took place and all that. In that period of one month, just one month, okay, we could build up two divisions. Almost the entire strength what Russia is using for offensive into Ukraine. We built it up over 2,000 kilometers when roads were still not open into high altitudes. Okay? On Marginal roads, when I say marginal roads, one-way snowbound roads and tracks and got ready and we were able to mirror PLA deployment. It was a humongous task of operational and logistics capability. Okay. And the PLA was taken aback and after that nothing happened. And of course, the, later we turned tables on them and the Kailash is a different story. So... That capability we've always had, we've had this tremendous operational capability. And that is respected throughout the world. 
and in e un indian troops and contingents are the most sought after so if you say capability to defend india we have but if you ask me does india have the capability to project itself as a regional power and take up the responsibilities which which it is going to assume in days to come as one of the big powers and the transition is happening as i speak with the russian defense minister here yesterday the british uh, defense minister secretary was here and the deputy na of say of usa was here within the past week the G, uh, the pm of japan was here and we had a virtual talk between prime minister modi and prime minister scott morrison a lot of action right and today of all things uh, mr lavrov has said india is the best person to mediate between ukraine and russia it's it is what is it power it's a it's the capability of india to rise as a power it it is this thing yeah do we have that capability to uh, are the defense forces modern and atmanirbhar to do that not yet are we in the loop to do it yes will we be able to do it i'm very confident i'm very confident because i was quite involved in indigenizing artillery i did mention and we could turn around a russian based artillery which was existed with us till the end of the last century now 20 years later it is neither russian nor us nor israeli nor anything it is indian we've taken help from all of them but today we are no more dependent on them we make our own ammunition we make our own guns we make our own rockets we make our own missiles right so i think this is what i've had to say about atmanirbhartha we are not there there is a clear road ahead our exports have started defense exports our industrial base has started widening there is a clear headed policy on the part of the government to go uh, the indian route right the indian route doesn't mean that the foreigners are shut off if a foreigner wants to come and set up a factory here and capability he is welcome like the uh, suzuki maruti suzuki model after all maruti suzuki when it started with that maruti 800 came with just a small plant and today it's a burgeoning plant and they it is one of the biggest exporters from suzuki itself the uh, the gurgaon plant so and they can't get away from here they are as indian as uh, japanese they are right so use that model we will be atmanirbhar right so this is what i've had to say about atmanirbhar uh, any questions you have or the audience has i am okay. yeah the audience has a few questions general but first let me ask you one question from myself now if you look at the modern weaponry it's got a lot of electronics in it now the one thing that india does not have i mean even the us doesn't have but us manages to get what it needs or what it wants from taiwan uh, i don't know whether india is i'm talking about chips see what happens is uh, when you talk about designing chips for armed forces you want to have a certain x factor so that even if the missile were to fall in enemy's hands let's say it was not exploded they should not be able to figure out what it is that you've got inside that secret sauce so there's a fair amount of encryption a fair amount of uh, opaqueness that obfuscation that gets built into it 
India has never had a chip plant of its own. Even the lowest micron density thing, the semiconductor complex got burnt down in the 80s last uh, century. I don't think India has ever recovered from that and started doing afresh. How much of an impact do you think that would be? Oh Well, uh, to be very honest, uh, not much of an impact. Right? Uh, but and Why is that? Why is that? Because uh, the level of electronics which have been put in the weapon systems so far have not uh, needed so many electronics. Uh, going ahead, you need more electronics. There's no doubt. Uh, uh, right. I mean, on that, we shouldn't have a doubt. Are we behind the loop at this point of time? Yes. Are we catching up? There is an endeavor. The government is investing in making semiconductor plants. Uh, there's a startup in IIT Madras which has started making military grade processors, own processors. That means you don't have to depend on, depend on an Intel processor. So all our military equipment will have Indian processors. And if they have Indian semiconductors with Indian software, they're cyber proof. Right. And uh, so we are getting there. To be honest, we are not there as it. And also, to be balanced, we have not needed it so far. So far. Okay. And the third aspect is, this is my personal experience. Many of these uh, electronic systems tend to fail in war in actual conditions. I mean, this is my experience. So there is also a thing. How electronic should the battlefield be? Okay, because missiles, once you put electronics in it, it's good, all these function immediately. But once a missile is stored for 5, 10 years, it starts aging. Uh, will it still function? It's a huge question mark. And the experience of the Gulf Wars, 1, 2, uh, Kosovo conflict, and other wars, and our own, uh, this thing, just that as missiles and electronics and weapon electronics, I wouldn't say missiles alone, weapon electronics uh, remain unused and start aging. They deteriorate. And then they are a dud. So there is a big question whether you need so much ele electronics in a system. At the end of the day, you need the system to function in battle and not be a dud. Thank you very much, uh, General Ravishankar. And let's take some questions for the good general now. Yeah. Um, my guy is, let me see. I have a few questions coming up there. Yeah, please. I, I'm just trying to see. Yeah, you can read them out. Yeah, yeah. Let me just give me. Uh, Sometimes what happens is power goes off. You never know. Yeah, I understand. It's okay. Yeah. So the first question is from Bhujanga MV. Can foreign exchange rate protection, here you go. Can yeah, foreign yeah. exchange rate protection clause in defense contract be removed at all? Well, exchange where, uh, variation rates uh, have been a bone of contention, uh, right? Especially for uh, indigenous defense manufacturers and also for those of import. Now, with imports reducing, we are not going to be hit so much by the exchange rate variations, right? Uh, but there is an issue for uh, indigenous defense manufacturers. There are mechanisms being built around this. Uh, unless we get 
more atmanirbhar this problem will not uh, get resolved the problem is there we have some solutions they're not the best solutions but these are things look uh, exchange rate variation is a fact of life you can't run away from it and here we go the next question is yeah. from sankadip bhattacharya yeah. given yeah. the long delay of indian indigenous high caliber production capability isn't it necessary for india to buy more better aircraft why this continuous delay in procurement well uh, at this point of time at this point of time let me take it from here uh, you have to understand that the rafale uh, acquisition actually started 20 years back it started for more than about 130 odd uh, uh, i don't remember the exact figure it's 104 plus 36 yeah somewhere 130 odd uh, aircraft right 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 it started as the mmrca deal right and uh, that process started at the turn of the century and concluded 20 years later just buying 36 aircraft okay now if you start the process you're looking at minimum 10 to 15 years before the next deal comes through because like i said it's a decadal process the question is is it better to buy a aircraft for the next uh, in 15 years 10 to 15 years or is, is it better to develop your own aircraft and increase your production capability if you want to be atmanirbhar you might as well take that time and do it you are in a situation you cannot run out of it okay now uh, are the existing fleet enough obviously there are enough because someone has taken a conscious decision to go the atmanirbhar route okay and the ramping up of uh, the production capability is always geometric by nature the first one takes one year the next five take one more year the next 20 takes one year so that will happen we will come up to scale i am uh, i i feel at this point of time india is at a stage where it is better to go through the uh, vagaries and cycle and the difficulties and the headwinds of atmanirbharta than go back to uh, procurement from abroad uh, next question from abhishek singh yeah whom can india buy nuclear submarines from in addition to india building its own and the indo french nuclear submarine deal look i am very clear that we should buy we should make our own there's no question of making we you have all nuclear technology uh, you have the ability to make your own submarines um, if, if we we have the heft if even if it's an indo nuclear uh, submarine deal everything has to be built in india on a joint venture basis and that's what strategic partnership programs are all about right there's no question of going abroad that's the way i look at it and we have had enough experience of operating nuclear submarines uh, we even have still russia still available with us uh, today's just strategic uh, uh, construct might fade in the next one two years and the nuclear submarine deal is a long term issue so we have to take a conscious decision on that next question from neeraj kulkarni lieutenant yeah. general ravi shankar sir does afmc related needs telesurgery bleeding prevention kit etc to commander defense production is there any defense department portal for startups yeah there is all these uh, are part of uh, this thing 
and uh, uh, there's no portal for startups. It's part of the normal uh, defense procurement. They also go through the same capital route, right? Uh, only thing is they handle it differently. But the thing in this is that uh, a lot of this is hooked on to our civil uh, defense uh, capable. Uh, sorry, uh, civil medical capability. Okay. Uh, the AFMC has latched on to them. So whatever is available in our own uh, country is just taken and used. Uh, so if indigenization takes place in uh, our civil medical setup, that will transfer itself onto AFMC. AFMC doesn't have the capability of its own research. Okay. Uh, that is what India has to uh, concentrate on. I think health Health is an important aspect of Atmanirbharata in the larger sense, strategic autonomy. You have great doctors. You have a fantastic vaccination program, right? You have the capability to make your own vaccines. You are one of the biggest vaccine producers. You, you are a pharma giant, right? Your healthcare industry is actually a booming industry, right? It could, you could get a lot of uh, medical tourism, so-called medical tourism. So why not? Why shouldn't India get into uh, medical technologies as part of uh, national research. Uh, AFMC and medical requirements are just a minuscule requirement as to in comparison to the overall thing. And I think there's a way forward. I take the point that uh, uh, about this. There are startups uh, which do uh, certain things which are meant only for defense purposes, they are being encouraged. Next question, please. Neeraj Kulkarni again. Um, sir, can you suggest best sources to contact for AFMC medical defense related startup ideas? Yeah, just contact the AFMC, the DGA FMS office in Delhi. We have to go through them only. There's no other route. Mandar Karnik wants to know, why is India lagging in tank technology? We have figured out artillery, but not tanks. Ah, that's a great question. Uh, it's not that we have not figured out tank technology. We've had, we've built tanks. We've also had the, we will have a beautiful production line. We've operated tanks. Uh, I suppose it's the chemistry of the people involved. Uh, right? I will not say more than that. Uh, but having said that, there is a move afoot to now build a tank for the high altitude, right? And I think the RFP is also out, in which uh, they are adopting the artillery model. In fact, what they're trying to do, I know the DRDO and the LNT, what they're trying to do is the K9 Vajra is now a proven platform for high altitude, right? The the chassis. It's gone through high altitude trials also. So you have a high altitude chassis. So take out that gun and put a tank gun on top and mate it and have a hybrid system. That's the fastest route that's being attempted. Uh, the, there's another route also being attempted, but well, that I would not like to uh, put it across here. Uh, but this is attempted. So I think. Uh, and this is going to come through in a faster time scale because the chassis is proven and chassis is ready. 
everything is ready it's only the turret and the gun and of course the fire fighting system not fire the fire control system and all that uh, for which we all we have the complete technology so having gone through the initial cycle with the arjun i think the second cycle uh, will come faster and be more successful and i don't see why our uh, armored core should not get tanks the way uh, gunners have got it general ravishankar uh, just uh, terminology uh, can you expand afmc for us sir armed forces uh, you know afmc is armed forces medical college but what okay. he was asking is about armed forces medical services okay 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 and and viewers rfq typically means request for quotes and rfp means request for parts so essentially right. it no, rfp is re- request for proposal it's a tender proposal also okay okay uh, rfi is a request for information okay yeah, that's okay. you you put out a rfi first and find out what is there in the market then you go quote it you make a plan based on what is available in the market so that you don't ask for something which you don't have then you ask for something based on the rfp which is a request for proposal which is a tender well as yeah. luck would have it general ravishankar my next book is almost done is about nuclear submarines and uh, it's a spy thriller uh, i've taken a step back from political thrillers to spy thriller and uh, i i will share the book with you sir right. when uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell me look you don't have this thing figured out right because i didn't no, no, try no, no, to no, go sir. too far inside at the same time i want to keep a general picture of yeah, what I a nuclear understand. submarine does and so on and so yeah let's wait yeah. next next question please uh, raja mukherjee wants to know army recruitments are on hold for 2 years do you think What's given that, that i didn't know i don't think yeah. it's on hold <laughs> no i don't think so i mean i you will have to check your uh, where you got got this from yeah so raja you may want to yeah it's not i don't think so next question from varun rao what lessons uh-huh. for india with ukraine seemingly so successful against russian aircraft well i don't think ukraine has been so successful against russian aircraft that's what the western uh, commentary says um, but uh, the evidence doesn't suggest that uh, they have shot down too many aircraft so i i mean i since your fundamental premise is wrong the evidence that russia has lost so many aircraft is only based on newspaper reporting or media reporting there is no evidence right and there is also no evidence that ukraine has had any air activity so there's no lesson for me to draw from this i've got a lot of lessons and i put out articles on lessons from the ukraine war in three editions please go to my uh, blog ganashot.com i have put out an article on early lessons later day lessons military lessons and now now i'm going to consolidate everything and then publish it again but uh, this is not a this is a premise right i'll not uh, go by that ak wants to know sir what are the areas where we need to increase our capabilities to meet all kinds of chinese threats yeah we yeah that's a fair question and i think we need to lay a lot of emphasis on our information and surveillance systems ground based in, uh, information uh, surveillance aerial uh, space based human based right uh, we need to do a lot more we are not up there uh besides this we need to develop long range vectors 
we need to strengthen our uh, aerial capabilities we need to strengthen our logistic systems we need to build infrastructure a lot of infrastructure uh, needs to be built and like i said we need tanks designed for high altitudes which is on in the offing now firepower we are there we just need the numbers uh, we need lot of uh, bridging systems okay for the high altitudes to give you mobility this is also being looked at it's not that we don't have because uh, we have enough but i think we need to go to the next level right uh, and of course like i said infrastructure which i've already said one thing which i think which we need to do and which there is some movement on that is energy battlefield will of tomorrow in high altitudes demand lot of energy so you need to look at renewables you need to look at fuel cells uh, and uh, such things because the fossil cell uh, fossil fuel cell uh, sorry fossil fuel based energy which is humped all the way from the plains to high altitudes uh, is not only costly it is environmentally poor and uh, it is tedious so we have, we have to lighten our logistics load uh, by a huge factor if we can go in for innovative energy systems in high altitudes right habitat is something which we need to improve uh, we have innovative solutions but we need to do it better because the numbers are have increased and it is almost a permanent uh, solution unless the chinese come around which i don't think they seem to be coming around one last question from me general yeah. rashanka before we sign off today in 1962 war china withdrew on its own that's what is being believed what according to you was the trigger point for china to withdraw look i think uh, the chinese surprised themselves by coming over the himalayan crest they were not they had probably not planned for it and uh, you must remember at that point of china, time china was not in a strong shape internally also uh, they were going through the great famine right uh, so and it was the worst economic time it was not the great leap forward it was a great leap backwards at that time right and here this army was stretched across the himalayas probably they realized overall Uh, geopolitically and internal politically that they couldn't afford to have so many people across the himalayas and they were not ready to be there and probably they didn't have the insight of uh, being able to retain all these lands or the territory which they had captured and they had to let go they were not prepared for it we also have to remember that china was not that modern state at that point of time it is just that they were more they were better prepared than our army politically better prepared and that they could inflict the defeat on us so that's why they couldn't hold on and if they had held on it would have been a uh, catastrophe for them well uh, an alternative narrative that is not much discussed in india is that around the same time the first set of aircraft landed from us according after uh, nehru's request they were called karibu uh, let me be very clear about it i don't think that made a difference at all by then the <laughs> whole story was over 
and for some strange reason uh, the uh, indian government was not prepared to use air force at all so we yeah, didn't match right. what that's we had right. yeah. in fact it was one of our blunders that we didn't use air force if we had used air force we wouldn't have suffered this disease right but then that's a different era and i don't think we should go back and revisit it except to draw our own lessons not not to do that in the future see what why i brought it up general ravishankar is that there's a perception that in us never came to india's help that's not true in 62 they did look uh, again uh, let me be very clear the us came to our help when it needed to suit its purposes right uh, we are very clear about it uh our relationship with us today is strategic in nature if you go back into history uh you could keep discussing it this way and that way if you the way i look at it this relationship has to be driven forward if you look at this relationship through the rear view mirror you can't drive forward right absolutely and, i couldn't agree with you more on that one yes yes right you have to look at it from where we are and take it forward and i think uh the current situation is put both the countries in a situation where we have to realize each other's capabilities and culpabilities and limitations i'm using this word cap- very carefully capabilities culpabilities and limitations and we have to understand that we have to live with each other right and gone are the days that uh, that us could dictate to everyone to do what it wanted that's true okay even when us was a great power right and india was relatively not a power at all we weathered sanctions we know sanctions if us does the sanctions route then they are going on the wrong path let me be up front and blunt about it right we the 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 law, we have a common problem a common adversary a common competitor call in china how do we handle this both together is in common interest we shouldn't differentiate those interests we shouldn't put a price on each other to say look i'll help you provided you do this there's no provided in this relationship we have to eat right it is like you know it's very nice to have a honeymoon beyond the honeymoon there's a marriage and that marriage has to be made successful and not end in a divorce yes indeed uh, well put uh, general ravishankar and as always a pleasure to talk to you general ravishankar i know i sometimes give you questions from left field of googlies okay. but you seem to be able to handle them just as well as anything else so thank you very no, much no, sir no, no, no. <laughs> and and viewers uh, do like share and subscribe to our channel and don't forget to click on the bell button fully one in two of you are still not subscribed to our channel would love to see that number go up thank you very much sir namaskar thank you and thanks a lot and namaskar